Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. How are we this morning? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to see you. Can I I grab that? Paul, can I grab that? Um, Butch, yeah, that's great. And turn to your other neighbor and say, it's even better to see you. Thanks, bro. Awesome. Thank you for coming out this morning and being a part of our uh, celebration offering service. Uh, Today is a really important day um, for our church, uh, for our city. Uh, It's one of those days where um, I believe that it's a moment for our community, uh, church community, to place a flag in the ground about what God is going to do. And so thank you to everybody in our family, church family, who has been praying leading up to today. Thank you for those who have been fasting, those who have been diligently seeking God about how they can play their part. For the text messages that Charlie and I have received and the messages from people, it's a powerful morning. So thank you so much. Uh, unity, unity is always powerful. Um, so we i just so thankful for that. And hey, if you're new here today, uh, don't feel pressure to have to be a part of this at all, um, necessarily, unless you feel God wants you to be. Uh, just enjoy today's service. Um, we do this once a year, and it's an opportunity for our church to be beyond our four walls. Um, I, I don't like the idea that we are a church that just exists for our four walls. I don't think it's kingdom. I don't think it's biblical. And so I think it's a moment where we can literally impact um, beyond our four walls to the nation and through our sponsor kids this year, the nations. And I want you to think with me for a moment about how powerful things like um, our international um, component is of this. You imagine if your family did not have enough food to eat today. If you were a parent here and you didn't know where your meal was going to come from and you didn't know what to do in terms of feeding your children. Well, the great thing about this today is that we have an opportunity to commit, and this is a commitment for many years, this is why we're not sponsoring 50 kids today, uh, five kids over 10, 15 years, uh, to say to that family, let Celebration Church bring you out of poverty. (laughs) Think about the power of that. Like it's such an amazing um, thing for our church. Uh, In previous years, we built a house for a family over in a developing nation, have also given to creating wells, clean water wells in villages, which have been powerful as well. Now, even think about that. Um, Charlie and I are about to go overseas, and one of the places we're going, you can't drink the tap water because the tap water's dirty. Everything has to be bottled water. So even in 2022, we still have areas of the world who don't have clean water or even access to water. And so thank you to you guys, to those past who have given to those initiatives. We've been able to bless people. Who here wants to hear about today's fifth sponsor child? 
All right, let's get him up on the screen. His name is, I think it's Travis. Travis, one-year-old male, 3rd of December, his birthday, 3rd of December. He is from Kenya, and he lives with his mother and grandmother in Machakos, Machakos, Kenya, and his favourite activities and interests include art, drawing, and Sunday school and church. How cool is that? So... We say as a church family, Travis, welcome to the family. Why don't you say welcome to the family? Yeah, come on. It's awesome. And just to recap, um, the other, uh, the total five that we're going to be committing to today as a church. I don't know if there's a slide for that. If you've got the other ones up there, is there a slide for that, Alan? <clears throat> Our sponsor children, it should be called. Who remembers the other kids' names? No? Okay, I'll tell you the names again. There was Lazmila, four from Bolivia. There was Taylor, six-year-old from Ecuador. There was Idudzi, seven-year-old from Ghana. There was Serena. That's an easy one. Serena, six-year-old from Haiti. And there was Travis, a one-year-old from Kenya. So we're so excited to... Uh, and you can actually check out their information on the back. The Celebration Offering Global Impact Map up there gives you guys uh, information about the impact of what we're doing. Oh, here we go. There's Lazmila, there's Taylor, there's Eduzi, Serena, and Travis. How awesome. And if you want to write to him, you want to be a part of that, our kids' ministry is going to be part of that too. Feel free, you want to send them birthday gifts, Part of our giving goes towards a birthday gift and a Christmas gift for them. Uh, you pay extra to go towards that, so that's going to be amazing. And we'll actually start sticking um, up the back somewhere their letters that they write to the church. So you can go up there and actually read uh, what they're into and what they're up to and all that type of thing as well. Um, this year, as you heard, we're going to be giving towards um, different things. Last year we took up a portion of our offering for the bathrooms, but bathrooms were more expensive than what we had come in. So we actually have to, to be continued with that one, because as anyone here who's renovated a house, bathrooms are expensive. Any block fans here? Any blockheads here? Yes, I see that hand. All right. Never been into the block, but this year my wife got me into it. So I'm a blockhead, just like you probably, apparently. <laughs> I'm learning lots about renovations. So there's that. And this area out here is going to be transformed into a hospitality area with kids' areas, uh, places you can sit, a stage, different things, so that it's all enclosed, for our, especially for the young kids, so that families can actually sit out here and enjoy uh, this area um, which is going to be great. So can I just say, as a church family as well, this year, family is our theme, and I've just been watching our church family really embrace that this year. Yeah. Every demographic, I've just been so blessed to watch how you've looked after each other, how you reach out to each other. I get um, texts or messages all the time from people in the church saying um, such and such is in the hospital just so you know but we're doing this for them or this person has this going on and it's just so great that 
it's not just the pastor who's doing it all, but the church is looking after each other. And so I just want to honour you guys. You're really embracing family well. And if you still feel disconnected or lonely in this church family, um, speak, please speak to Pastor Joel or Libby or um, Pastor Natal, one of the team, and we'll connect you in. Like we don't want anyone feeling isolated or alone because that's not what we're created to be, which is great. The other thing we're giving to is pastor's kids, uh, blessing pastor's kids. Uh, if you're new here, that little boy up here today was my kid. Uh, his name is Bear and he's two uh, and he's learning the word no. So this morning we we're trying to take him to kids and he decided to have a tantrum in the courtyard and I just saw the people in the courtyard just look. Whose kid's that? Oh, it's the pastor's kid. Oh, so that's, yeah. Um, sh- you're embarrassing us. Stop, stop doing that. No, no. Um, so it's one of those things where um, we just want to bless pastor's kids. Now just to give you a spiritual insight into this. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I have worked with pastor's kids and pastors for uh, many, many years now. Um, You wonder why many years? Because I started very young. Um, When the local church is established, the enemy will try and destroy the local church. What did it say about, what what does the Bible say about Peter? On this rock, I will build my church. Why? Because a unified local church is a powerhouse of seeing heaven touch earth. Can I hear an amen? It really is. If we do local church well, it should be the most embracing, loving, forgiving, celebrate, celebratory, empowering, Christ-focused place around. Sometimes the enemy has trouble trying to get to the church, get to the pastors, so sometimes the kids get attacked. And I can say it from experience. And therefore, kids, pastors, kids in particular, because the enemy knows if he can get to the kids, he gets to the parents. Yeah? So just for everyone here who isn't a pastor's kid and has no real, um, no real point of reference, hear what I'm saying with this. It's not like being a lawyer's kid or a teacher's kid or some other profession's kid. It's different. There is a spiritual component that pastors' families carry on behalf of the local church. Now, they're graced for it, but it's still a component. Therefore, it's, it's a joy for me to say, and I was telling, I was speaking to the Youth Alive director this week of New South Wales, actually a couple of weeks ago, and I told him about what we're doing, and the pastor's kid thing, he was just like, just so blown away by it, because he sees it as someone who is a, oversees the whole of the youth ministry in, in Youth Alive in, in New South Wales. And so when it comes to our church, we're just going to bless pastors, kids everywhere, let them know their love, let them know they're cherished. And through that, you bless the kid, you bless the parent. Yeah? And all parents here know that. If you want to feel blessed, you bless their kids. Because that's what parents want for their kids. So that's part of what we're doing, which is fantastic. And yes, you get to have some nice chairs. Your tushies are going to be comfortable. There is padding in the chairs. Which I think is great. It's going to be good. Now, just before we get into the Word this morning, you have these things on your seat. 
Today, if, if you want to give uh, via cash or via direct debit, just write it, write it in the name. And by the way, you don't need to put your name unless you've given my credit card. Just write direct debit. So, because at the end, what we're going to do is, as an act of unity, we're going to come down the front and give. We're going to come down and just say, like the, the widow came down and gave in the story with Jesus. We're going to come down and say, Lord, this is my offering. This is my offering. So in that, just write cash or direct debit. But if you want to give via card, feel free to please write on that too. That way everyone can play a part in that moment. And during the service, guys, I encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit. Any married couples here have some discussions this week about miracle offering? In our house, we did. You know why? Because I had an amount that we wanted, I wanted to give, and then Charlotte said, no, no, increase your faith. And I, <laughs> I'm going to be really, really honest. Do you want to hear my response? <laughs> you ready? You ready? I said, not going to happen. And I walked away. <laughs> As I sat there, I went, no, she's prophetic. She hears from God. I have peace. Why? Because giving should cost you something and requires faith. Now, who was here last week? Okay, last week's message was a message. If you missed it, you missed it. Too bad, you missed it. You need to get the podcast, watch it on YouTube, whatever. Last week was a pivotal message when it comes to kingdom. And it was all about how Paul boasted in his weakness so that what? God's power could rest on him. Who here has been boasting in their weakness this week? Who here went on Instagram and said, I'm going to boast in my weakness? Hey, Facebook. Hey, Grandma. Here's where I'm weak. No, it's not our culture. It's not what we do. We are ashamed of our weakness. We hide our weakness. Well, scripturally, the Bible says, I will boast in my weakness, for when I am weak, I am strong. And last week's message was about embracing weakness. It was about looking for where God's going to have to, you're going to have to rely on God in your life and actually saying yes. Did anyone apply it this week? Did they see something that they went, that's going to make me really uncomfortable and I'm going to do it anyway? I'm going to walk on water anyway? Yeah? You see, and I use the example, if you're a shy person in church and you don't like talking to new people, join the new people team because it will make you rely on his strength. (laughs) That was a great message. I love that. That was great. Okay, back by popular demand. Here we go. A new pastor was visiting in the homes of his parishioners. At one house, it seemed obvious that someone was at home, but no one came to the repeated knocks at the door. He took out his business card and wrote Revelation 3.20 on the back of it and stuck it in the door. And while the offering was processed the following Sunday, he found that his card had been returned. Added to it was a cryptic message, Genesis 3.10, reaching for his Bible to check out the citation He had a laugh to himself. Revelation 3.20 begins, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. In Genesis 3.10 reads, 
I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid for I was naked. <laughs> That's good, eh? Don't bother me. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Google. That's great. Um, <laughs> cool. All right, Father, help us today. Help us today. Let your spirit be here in power. We honor you. We thank you. Let today be just a, 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 a moment of worship as we come before you with living sacrifices, but also as offerings of just finance. May it impact greater than what we, what we could ever dream. In Jesus' name, amen. While Charlie and I are on sabbatical, um, I've had some people ask me, how can we best be supportive while you're not here? And I thank those people for that question. Here are some things. Number one, pray for us. Pray that God meets us, God refreshes us, God speaks to us. And pray for the church. Number two, while I'm away, Pastor Joel and Alex will be stepping into an interim role, looking after the church. So make sure that you support them. Make sure you help them, that you just bless them. Make their job a joy, not a burden. The board, make sure you just help the board as well. I have full confidence in the ability. But um, this is a family, let's just be that. If there's major crisis, you have Connect, you have Pastor Joel on the team who can help you, which is great. And so, yeah, just be supportive. We have some guest speakers lined up for you in that time too. We have one guy coming in and he's just a revival guy. I told him, like, just bring revival, just bring miracles, bring testimony. It's going to be Holy Spirit ministry morning. Uh, Pastor James is going to be preaching for us a couple of times. He's excited. Um, so we're going to be really blessed in this next, next period of time, which is great. Fantastic. Mark 14. If you have your Bibles, Mark 14. We have the kids coming in today to join us in our giving moment. They're going to uh, be a part of that too, which is great. Mark 14, verse... Siri is here and she is expectant. <laughs> expectant? Mark 14, 3 to 9 says, It says, And while he was in Bethany, this is Jesus, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with them, and uh, you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did, not, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Now, if you go over to Luke chapter 7, verse 36... 
Luke 7.36. Are there any paper Bible people here? You just, yeah, come on. How good's paper? Not good for trees, but good for us, hey? All right. Mark 3, 7 verse 36 says, when, this one of, sorry, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Have you noticed that Simon the leper was a Pharisee? Have you noticed that? First passage, it said Simon the leper. Second passage, it's a Pharisee's house. Good to know. Verse 38 says, As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, and that she is a sinner. Notice that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owe money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger of the debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet, uh, she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time she entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown, but whoever has been given uh, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is he who forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Oh, how cool is that? All right, before we pull that apart, I've got a butcher, a butcher bag here. Oh no, it's not, it's not Joey's place. Forgive me, Joey. I have Giorgio Armani. And I have Lady Million perfume. Anyone here want to smell nice? Yeah? <laughs> this stuff's pretty good. Yeah, okay. How would you spray? A lot. Now, the ladies are going to be chasing you after the service. So just be careful. That's just a disclaimer right there. I would offer this, but I don't know how to use it. It looks really... <laughs> It looks really, really uh, high-tech. <laughs> I'm not really a, a, uh, an aftershave wearer. I don't really shave very often. 
But um, back in the day, this was the goods. Aqua di Gio, Giorgio Armani. My wife likes this stuff. It's expensive, uh, pretty expensive. But if you want to give her a birthday present, that's what she likes. This retails for like 70, maybe. This retails for, it's been a long time since I bought it. I don't really remember, maybe 50 or 70. This, this lady had perfume that was worth a year's wages. I think in Australia, uh, Jyla, can you Google a year's wages in Australia for me? Anyone know what the average wage is in Australia? I thought it was more than that. It's more than that. Do salary, that wage. Anyone else want to beat Joel to this? Is this uh, 60 grand? Okay, let's just go at 60. 60 sounds good. Now, you imagine this lady was a sinner, she was an outcast. Some, some believe she was a prostitute. Gave $60,000 worth of perfume away in one moment. I think it's expensive buying my wife a $100 perfume and wait for the Priceline specials. Yeah. And she comes in, she's a sinner, and she pours his feet Sorry, pause this perfume on Jesus. A year's worth, it was so much money, it was worth so much that the disciples missed the moment and got upset with her and rebuked her for wasting money. It was so extravagant that it was inappropriate. The whole situation was inappropriate because Jesus was in a leper's house who was a Pharisee. <laughs> it was already inappropriate. But then this lady comes in and makes it even more inappropriate by saying, not saying anything, but by breaking the perfume onto Jesus, by weeping over him, and by washing his feet with her hair. Extravagant generosity. The thing is about the disciples is that they were living in the natural. How strange is it that the disciples, who should have known better, were so naturally minded that they didn't realise the moment. But the sinner was so led by God that she saw the internal significance There's two types of people in church. There's those who get caught up in the natural and there are those who can see what's happening in the spirit. There's people who realise that what we do today isn't about right now. What we're doing right now isn't about each other in the room necessarily and what we see. It's about the fact that all of heaven is with us. 
It's the fact that we have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. It's about the fact that, that there's angels here. Yeah. Think about this with me, please. There's angels here. Yeah. Who I, I choose to believe that outside these windows, there's just angels just peering in, looking in, watching to see who will grasp what God is doing. Yeah. So much of what we have to contend with is trying to work people through their natural filter. Remember the servant with Elisha, or was it Elijah? Remember how he couldn't see, the enemy was coming and he couldn't see what was happening apart from they're going to kill us. And, and the prophet says, open his eyes that he may see what God is doing. And he opens his eyes and there's chariots of fire around. When will we as a community understand that we have to see through the eyes of the kingdom? We have to see through the eyes of the sinner. Please, please allow your natural man to, to go secondary to what the prophetic insight in your spirit is. Because if you do that, all types of things open up in the kingdom. You know, all four Gospels talk about this story. It was such a powerful thing. All four recorded it. I love the fact that Jesus' response to this woman is this. Your sins are forgiven. <laughs> and then he says, whenever the gospel is shared, your name will be remembered. Yeah. That is the power of the moment. Yeah. Listen, you imagine if we gave today in such a way that Jesus said to you, he, he was so touched, all of heaven will know this. I put to you today that that's what God wants. I'm not talking about giving a year's worth. I'm not talking about amounts. I'm talking about sacrifice. Because the person next to you might not be the same owner as you. It's not about that. It's about what has God placed in your heart. And listen, if you, are, if you sit there going, oh, God can never talk about me in heaven, then you're missing the point of who you are in God. The kingdom is greater. We're called to see things the way God sees them. There are people who understand that worship is sacrifice and there are people who don't. Do you know that? In our church, there are people who understand that worship is sacrifice and there are people who don't. I encourage you today to give yourself as a living sacrifice Lay down your life. I, I put to you today to be someone who comes into God's house with something to give. Get to, your, get to a place where you give to God something in your life that it costs you something. Now get this. This is cool. Extravagant generosity prophetically prepares the way of the Lord. This lady was used as a prophet without realising it. This lady who was a sinner, who was offensive to many, who was an outcast, and some say was a prostitute, prophesied the greatness of the King of Kings. And who knows that throughout Scripture you see that happen time and time again. We think we're qualified or unqualified. We think we have to be up to a certain bar before God uses us. He doesn't mind. All that he wants is a living sacrifice. 
Some extravagant generosity prophetically prepares the way of the Lord. Who here wants to prepare the way of the Lord? Okay, so I've spent years, and I believe in the power of this, praying for our city, praying that God moves in our city. But do you understand something today? That prophetic generosity or extravagant generosity prepares the way of the Lord in our city. Please hear this Holy Spirit. Oh, get the blinders off our eyes. Get the little bogan thinking small out. We're not because we're from now, we can't grasp things. Let us grasp things that are big. Big mindsets, big faith, big belief, big giant killers, big testimonies. Oh, we, that's part of our area that we actually have going against us is this generations of small mindedness. One of the verses today, it talked about um, breaking strongholds. Oh, and I'm like, yes, that's, we need to be, this is my prayer. God, I might be from South Coast, which is very insular, and it is down here. It's beautiful, but it's insular. Help me to see bigger. Help me to see kingdom. I want to see you the way that no one has seen you. And I pray that that's your hunger. Oh, all right, let's get into the good stuff. That's good, but let's get into the gooder. Today's message is actually, I should have started with, it's called The Sinner and the King. Yeah, The Sinner and the King. So this lady's there. She's there and she's extravagantly giving, which I still don't think we understand the power of that. I don't know anybody who's given a year worth of wages as an offering, ever. I know rich people who have given lots of money, but it was equal sacrifice. I love this. Get ready. So the woman, the, this woman's prophetic giving does three things in preparing the way for Christ. Number one, she gives, and she doesn't realize this necessarily, but Jesus tells us, by giving prophetically, by being giving led by the Spirit, what does she do? She anoints Christ's body for burial. <laughs> Oh, it's, just, oh, it's so crazy how the kingdom works like this. You would assume that the most holy person in the land would be commissioned to anoint Jesus for burial. God isn't about that. He uses a prostitute. He uses a sinner. He uses someone so socially outcast that the people around are saying, Jesus, you shouldn't even be talking to her. And not, does, not just does he not talk to her, she anoints him for burial. One of the most precious gifts that Jesus could receive was being prepared his body for burial. You imagine if your, 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 your job that God gave you was to um, anoint the body of Christ for burial. How holy would that be? If you don't understand, back then they used to put different perfumes on the bodies so that when people would come and visit those bodies that there wouldn't be a terrible smell. The perfume hopefully would just get rid of some of that smell. And this lady, through her extravagant giving, anoints his body for burial. Prophetically, the second thing is this. 
prophetic giving, remember, prophetic giving makes a way for the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Okay, what is prophetic giving? Prophetic giving is being led by the Spirit. It's waiting on the Lord and being obedient to what He gives you. The second thing is this. Extravagant giving, anointed Christ as the Messiah King. In the Old Testament, how did you anoint kings? They poured oil on them. Jesus is the Messiah King, and the word Messiah means anointed one. And that's derived from the Hebrew word for anointed. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, which means anointed one. Thus, Christ is equivalent to Messiah. She comes in and she actually anoints him through her giving, through her gift, him being the Messiah King. Stay with me. Wasn't Jesus already anointed? He was anointed by the Holy, by the Holy Spirit when he was baptised. But there was no oil involved. There was no perfume involved. He was anointed with oil in this passage, with perfume. And in that moment, he went and became Messiah King. Let that drop. Let it drop in your heart. A lady with her prophetic extravagant gift prepared a way that anointed the King of Kings as Messiah King. Listen, where else in the Gospels is he anointed with as Messiah King? Nowhere. That was the moment. So she anoints him for burial. She anoints him as Messiah King. And lastly, she does this. Well, I know it. She anoints him as servant king. She anoints him as the servant king. The Bible says, as we read, she's there, she's anointed his feet, she's wiping, wiping his feet with her hair, with her tears. What is that a sign of to come? The Passover, when Jesus was with the disciples washing their feet. She prophesied the, the servant king, the king who washes feet. Do you get this this morning? Let it drop in your spirit. Fast forward a year later, Jesus is there washing his disciples' feet in the very same manner that the woman prophetically did 12 months before. The power of extravagant prophetic giving is it prepares the way of the Lord and what he wants. If you want to be a part of preparing the way of the Lord, be an extravagant giver. Don't be a comfortable giver. Don't be the ones that came down and gave to Jesus and were like, yeah, here you go, here you go. And there was one widow who gave a little bit, but it's all she had. And it says that Jesus went, stop, stop, look, look. And she gave hard. I, I tell you, there would have been rich people coming in, chucking wads of cash. 
It's not about how much you give. It's about the sacrifice of your heart. And she gives. And it's a moment that touches the heart of Jesus. It actually amazes him. When we come before God in our lives, this message is beyond celebration offering. This is bigger. When you choose to give in a way that is extravagant to him and is prophetically giving to him, you prepare the way of the Lord to move in your life. And sometimes we don't realise what we're doing until we look back. We don't realise what that gift has done. What does the scripture say? It says, give, it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Yeah? So we know that God blesses us, but that's not our motivation. We come before him in worship. And for us today, and as a church, I just believe that we have a moment in history to say, Lord, if you can use that widow, uh, sorry, that sinner, you can use me. And if you can use the widow, you can use me. And for some people today, you're thinking, man, I don't have much to give, but I know it's going to cost me. For some here today, you felt God take you to a faith zone. I know in our family that's happening. And for some of us here today, you're not going to give it all because you're selfish and missing the moment. The reality is this. God is looking for a people. God is looking for a faith. God is looking for a moment to meet him. Can I hear an amen? Amen. She anointed him for burial. She anointed him as, as, as Messiah King and as Servant King. And she wasn't worthy. Yet God used her. And so today I just encourage you got our kids with us. I just encourage you to prepare your hearts in this moment. If you're here with your, with your spouse, let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to actually say, Lord, we want to be a part of being bigger than these four walls. But more than anything today, Father, we want you to be worshipped. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we close our eyes? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment just to reflect on that. Extravagant generosity prepares the way of the Lord or prophetic generosity prepares the way of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Let's just thank him right now. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We just pray. Lord, we pray. We ask you. Let your name be lifted high. Messiah King. Servant King. King of Kings. You are worthy of all the praise and all the worship and all the honour. 
Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we pray for our compassion kids. We pray for Lazmila, for Taylor, for Idudzi, Serena, for Travis. Lord, we pray right now for them and their families. Lord, bless them. Lord, we just say, yeah, they're part of our celebration family. Bless them, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege it is to help them. And Lord, this morning, we just honour you in this moment. This is a moment of worship. It's a moment of offering. It's a moment of sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.